You're listening to Let's Talk Business, the business podcast that connects entrepreneurs from all over the world and we deal with all areas of business every week. Uh, we're absolutely delighted to have in the studio uh, for Ross FM 94.6, uh, Judy. And Judy is the founder and president of Judy Networks. Judy, you're very welcome to the studio here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Susan. I'm really honoured to be here. And it's a great honour to have you here to talk to us. Um, I just gave you a brief intro there, Judy, but you're actually involved in so many more other businesses also, which we will touch on throughout the interview. Uh, But to start off, and before we get into your actual career, Judy, can you tell us a little bit about your life growing up? Oh, growing up. (laughs) I'm the first generation in, in, in this country. I I was born in Brooklyn, raised in the Bronx. My mother was born in Scotland, and my father was born in Egypt. Um, wow. However, he's Armenian, born in Egypt. Um, and so I'm the first generation in this country. I am an only child. I was born in Brooklyn, raised in the Bronx. Uh, I grew up pretty tough, as, as New York as New York can get, in, in a time <laughs> where kids were playing in the streets and you know we used to all play in the streets and in our neighborhood everybody was our parents so you're you know it wasn't a such thing if if someone else's parents saw me doing something wrong they had no problem smacking me in the butt uh, <laughs> <that's the line. laughs> so judy when you were growing up um do you think uh, living that kind of lifestyle where as a child like myself you went out you played on the streets do you think that um had a positive impact on your life as an entrepreneur Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, I didn't have the same childhood that um, most uh, people had. And um, I I wouldn't change it. You know, I, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents were um, in special circumstances. It wasn't like a normal parent, you know, they did have some disabilities. And so I was I had to fend for myself, I literally started, you know, finding ways to make money at seven years old. Wow. A funny story is that w- when I was a kid, I asked my grand. this is one of my grandmother's, may she rest in peace, favorite stories. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I said, Grandma, can I have $5? And she said to me, no. And I said, okay, in my mind. And I had a dollar left and I went and I bought a bag of balloons and I blew up the balloons and then I went and got one of the girls from up the, the block. I, I had to be at least six, seven years old at the time. And I got someone who was like five years old. And we went door to door knocking, door knocking, um, and selling balloons. And we said we were selling it for the homeless. I mean, <laughs> nowadays, that could have been a real tragedy because anyone could have pulled us in the door and yes. God knows whatever, especially, you know, in the stories you're seeing now. But fortunately, that did not happen to us. Um, and in our time, you know, we played in the streets all day. And, you know, there wasn't really much supervision like there is now. And I, I you know, we started making $19 a building. And you could imagine in New York, in the Bronx, the buildings are big. So uh, $19 a building for a seven-year-old, you know, six, seven-year-old, you're rich. So I went and I then got all the children in the neighborhood and we started doing routes and, you know, one went up this block, one went up and we accumulated a lot of money. And my grandmother found the money 
in my yellow crayon box. I'll never forget it. And she beat the hell out of me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I had no idea what I could have been doing, where I've gotten that money, and couldn't have fathomed. But that was the, you know, that was how I was born. You know, I was always figuring out. Then I used to go to the pizza shop and the grocery stores, and I used to say, I'll sweep your streets, I'll clean your garbage, I'll do whatever, pay me an hour, give me free pizza and icy. And it, it just went to that. And then when I was, I, I would say around 12 years old, um, I don't know if you've ever been to New York. Have you been I, to New I York? I have. I absolutely love New York. So, you know, when you go to Times Square and you see the action figures? Yeah. The people dressed in action figures? Yeah. So, I was 12 years old. I I went and I, I, I started renting uh, these costumes. And it was like $50 a day to rent a costume at that wow. time. I don't know what it is now. And I went and I would get a few guys from my neighborhood, big guys, because, you know, the Bronx is dangerous (laughs) at that time, especially. Um, And I would get two, three of them and I'd put them in costumes just in case anyone tried to rob me. I had backup. Can you imagine someone getting chased down by a bunch of Ninja Turtles (laughs) and Mickey Mouse? (laughs) That's incredible stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And when we did that, I was taking, it was $5 to take a picture. And then if they wanted to frame another dollar. So I was making $250 a day profit Gosh. after paying everybody and everything. And then I made some business cards and I started doing children's parties. I bought a magic book. I taught myself how to do a few magic tricks and how to, you know, twist the balloons to give to the kids. And I'm here I am 12 years old, but no one knew that there was a 12-year-old in the costume. They thought I was an adult. (laughs) And I was doing children's parties for $150 an hour. At that time, we're talking 30 years ago. So, yeah, all my life I think I was bred an entrepreneur. Um, I had to be an entrepreneur. Um, I was never good at school. I was the very opposite. You could not get me to stay into a stay in a classroom, not because I lacked intelligence, just because I don't learn that way. Um, I'm not built that way. And so when I got old enough, because I, I failed miserably in school. I got left back in the second grade, and I, I just wouldn't do it. I, I refused. But I love to read books, and I, I love to do things and experience things. So... When I got old enough, um, I got my GED, which is a general education diploma, where you take a test. You don't actually go uh, to to uh, to to high school the whole time. Once I got that, I just was like, okay, I'm done with this part of my life, school, because I had to work. I didn't have uh, really a support ground, you know, other than my grandmother. And, you know, there was only so much she sh- she could do as I was getting older. So as I hit 15, believe it or not, you know, I started working in nightclubs. And when I hit 15, uh, I, I got exposed to nightlife. And believe it or not, I was always such a tomboy. I didn't even know how to wear high heels. So... <laughs> Before I got the job, I had to walk back and forth in my house with high heels on so I could teach people how to walk in high heels. 
And so when I started working in the nightclubs, you know, I met a lot of, you know, rich men, you know, that of course that's there, you know, and I was always a very curious mind, you know, I, you know, any young girl could like be any way and take different roads in life. But I was like, what do you do for a living? And how did you get there? And, you know, this and this and that. And I, it came to me that it, you know, real estate was the the way to go. And so I went to get my first apartment around, I got my first apartment around 15. Um, And so the real estate broker, and we're still friends to this day, Erskine Caldwell, maybe when I, I'll I'll tag him when I share this later on. he was the one who rented me my first apartment. And then I said, you know what? I want to get my real estate license. I was 15, so I was still very too young to do it. Um, You know, you have to be 18. So what I did was, because my grandfather was always an engineer, and so he was always building a house, and I was always exposed to that. Whenever we were looking at new properties, I was reading the maps and everything like that. So... It was something in me already. So I started going to the office uh, like once a week to learn what they're doing. And it it was the Bronx 181st and Grand Concourse, which was a it was like a Jamaican area. So it was a very, very hardcore area. But, you know, I, I had no fear when I was young. And so I would go once a week, okay, how do you rent a room? What's this? What's that? What's that? As soon as I was able to take my real estate exam, you know, over here, you could go take your real estate exam. You know, at the time, I think it was two weeks. Now it's a month. I passed the test and, you know, I started doing real estate. But at that time, I was so young. No one really took me serious. So I continued to work in the nightclubs. And with working in the nightclubs, you know, I went from working bartending, waitressing, hosting, you know, all of those to eventually becoming a manager. And just I've I've always been super ambitious. And then I was doing real estate during the day. And so eventually I grew to um, doing real estate full time. Then I went into construction. I went into mortgages. I was so hungry to learn every part of it. I wanted, but my dream really was to be in commercial real estate, to be willing and dealing, you know, being involved with neighborhoods and buildings. I was never really interested in like showing apartments, houses and everything like that. It was more about, you know, making a change and being being a part of something that I could look at a neighborhood or I could look at a certain thing and say, I had something to do with that, more like leaving a legacy. And I didn't know how to achieve that. So I basically just kept trying all the different things and I figured at some point I'm going to find my niche. I just never realized that my niche was going to come through losing everything. Um, and having to start over again. And I think that's what happens when you're an entrepreneur. You know, you 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 get knocked down, but it's how you get back up. And so it, I ended up owning a couple of restaurants and I was doing very well. I was about 33 years old. And, 
you know, the market crashed. And when the market crashed, so did I with that. So I went from having a beautiful penthouse, um, you know, security to sleeping in my car. And, and my grandmother died all at the same time. And I had to, it it was a very um, hard time. And it was, um, I mean, I ended up developing a thyroid condition through that, which I've since healed on my own, naturally. Um, But, you know, through all of that, you know, there was at some point that it got so scary and so dark. And and those are the times that you, you know, you have to have the most faith, whatever your faith is. And that's when you have to go from within, because this is what I always say to the people that I'm mentoring. All the answers are within you, not without you. So don't look for the outside to, because no one knows what you're going through at that any given moment. And so I went within, I buckled down. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, get involved with someone who was very powerful in commercial real estate. And they had sold a computer company uh, that they had founded, which is called Property Shark, which is one of the biggest data companies here. Okay. Um, and, you know, so he sold his shares and basically started an events company. And with that events company, it was a new thing, but it was very interesting because I had the background of, you know, nightclubs and running them and owning restaurants. And and this is something I started doing at 15. It was very natural to me to do this. The only thing is I never had the Ivy League side of things. So I didn't know how to do a website. I didn't know social media marketing or any of those things, but I learned it through this person. And when I learned it, it was, you know, very powerful because then I started doing, when we parted ways, I started doing my own events and I started my company, Judy Networks. And within the third event, I was one of the top players in New York City. And I had everybody coming to my events and everyone knew who I was. And that's when I started a TV show concept called What's Cooking in Real Estate uh, with a friend of mine named Vernon Jones. He was um, he was my videographer. And basically he called he says to me one day, Judy, I want to start a TV show. So I'm like, okay, let's do a cooking show. What's cooking in real estate? And he goes, you're crazy. I said, no, for real, really. Like, you know, let's just do it. I know how to throw events. You know how to do video. So we had no money, none none whatsoever. (laughs) But I have a network and he has the video. So how hard can it be, right? So we went down (laughs) to the film academy and we got a bunch of interns. And so by getting those interns, we were able to get their equipment. And so, you know, doing a TV shoot, you know, the equipment can be very expensive. And through my events, I ended up going to another event and I ended up getting sponsorship from Taj, top tier hospitality, Taj Lounge. And they were our first sponsors and really the, the, the spark in the fire to start what's cooking in real estate. And it was fantastic. It was just like the universe opened up to me and 
just everything happened organically. There was no trying. I, I just couldn't believe it. Like if I could say one of the highlights of my entire life was during that time, because that's when I really realized the magic of manifestation and being in your purpose and being aligned at the right time. And words can't explain it. It's just once you hit that peak, and everything opens up to you, you know you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. And so we started What's Cooking in Real Estate. I'll never forget it. The first episode was May 11th, 2011. And that's when I met, you know, Faith Hope Consolo, who um, was a major commercial real estate legend, is, you know, one of the top in the world, you know. And so I said, bingo, finally. I'm going to learn co commercial real estate from a woman, a legend. And, you know, I spent six years with her, which the knowledge and the teachings that I got, you can never get in school. Never, ever, ever. I mean, the real school is life. You know, the school of hard knocks, as they say. <laughs> True. And so, you know, I went on and um, I, I learned from her as much as I can and it was a great experience and now you know here i am and i am last year through you know all the things that i was doing uh kathy hobbs kathy hobbs is a a famous celebrity interior design staging uh artist here and she was also an anchor woman on um channel 11 and she has five emmys and she was on my my show, What's Cooking in Real Estate. Uh, when I when I did it, she was on my second episodes. So she has this whole uh, show that she does with uh, design recipes on Pixie Eleven. And she approached me last year, and she's like, "Why don't you become one of my neighborhood experts?" And I'm like saying in my head, "I don't know." <laughs> And I'm like, all right, uh, let me figure this out. And I had no idea how I was going to pull it off because it's not a walk in the park. Of a lot course. of people, when you watch them on TV or you see these events or any of that, you know, the magic of it is to make it seem seamless. But behind the scenes, it's not as seamless as you think. <laughs> I know. I started doing it. So, you know, this year I... I I decided this year that I'm going to focus on my media career. So we, I just shot another episode um, with, with, with Pixie Levin, Design Recipes Pixie Levin. Um, and we did it for Popular Bank, which, which previously was Banco Popular. They just did a rebranding. So it's very interesting. You know, they're, 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 um, they're financing many development projects in New York. So it's it's really like I I somehow stumbled onto my dream without realizing it, you know, and that's also the power of manifestation because I wanted to be involved in neighborhoods. I wanted to be out there in the world leaving a legacy where everybody knows. I wanted to be the voice of change or at least a voice of you know, resource, you know, when people hear about me, they know that I'm a real resource because somehow they're either going to get exposure, they're going to meet a contact that they need, or, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, I'm working with Worldwide Trade Solutions right now, LLC, with a great team. 
and I'm doing commercial real estate, you know, and I have some buildings in the city that I'm selling exclusively. So that's also another dream opportunity to be able to now take all of the knowledge, everything that I've been through in my life and apply it and have the power, authority and respect from the industry to actually see this through. Wow, and, that's, that's and incredible. That, that's, yeah. That's and it, 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 believe me, most people give up um, because, you know, it's very hard when you don't know where your next meal is coming from or how mm -hmm. you're going to keep a roof over your head. Or when you're dealing with people that, you know, either you know they're out to screw you or, <laughs> you know, you, you don't expect, you know, some people that you actually loved and they screw you anyway. So you have to have really thick skin and you have to be ready for the ups and downs and the falls and, and just keep going and don't let yourself get bitter. Don't, don't let anything that's on the outside affect you on the inside because that's when you lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Judy, that's that's a phenomenal story. I mean, I just didn't want to say anything at all for the time that you spoke because every single aspect of your story is so interesting. And I actually didn't know that you had a, a TV career as well as everything else. But um, Judy, can you tell me how do people contact you on social media or how do people get in touch with you if they want if they want coaching? They can go to my website, Judy, J-U-D-Y, networks, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-S, dot com. My cell phone number is on there, 917-853-2148. Um, anybody can Google my name, Judy Networks or Judy Sahagian. Judy Networks is easier. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, all, <laughs> I'm all over the place. So if they go to my website, my contact information is there all of my social media is linked to my website. So I, I would say that's the easiest route or just Google me. Okay. And Judy, um, we're just coming towards the end of our interview here on our time slot. But if you could give uh, any entrepreneur starting off in life one piece of advice, what would that be? Listen to yourself. Never give up. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Judy, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, hopefully I'll get to chat to you again sometime in the future or possibly even meet you sometime in the future. That would be amazing. 